At the UPS Store, we know things can get busy this upcoming holiday. You can count on us to be open and ready to help with any packing and shipping or anything else you might need. Is there anything you can't do? Um, actually, I don't have a good singing voice. <clears throat> the UPS... Nope. But our certified packing experts can pack and ship just about anything. At least that's good. The UPS Store. Be unstoppable. Most locations are independently owned. Product services, pricing, and hours of operation may vary. See center for details. Come in today to get your holiday goodies there on time. So why do you want to learn a new language? I'll tell you why. Because donde esta el baño can be a very important question at times. You know, Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. Fast-track your language acquisition with immersive lessons designed to teach you to pick up languages in a natural way. I love the fact that I can go from my laptop to my phone to pretty much anywhere and learn the language of my choice. Not to mention, I'm bringing my communication skills to new heights. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a limited time, Star Talk Radio listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash StarTalk. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash StarTalk today. Welcome to Star Talk, your place in the universe where science and pop culture collide. Star Talk begins right now. This is Star Talk Live from King's Theater, Brooklyn, New York. We are talking about the science of morality with best-selling author Michael Shermer, lately author of The Moral Arc. He's also publisher and, and uh, editor, I guess, editor-in-chief of Skeptics Magazine. I uh, doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I've never heard that one. <laughs> Still enjoyable, though. <laughs> We're with Father James Martin. He's a, a Jesuit priest, his second time on Star Talk. We love him to death. We have a special guest appearance with Whoopi Goldberg. Whoopi, thanks for coming out for this. Wow. Yeah. Uh, we got Michael Ian Black. Michael, thanks. Yep. And also uh, Eugene Merman. Eugene. So Eugene, I have a one-line bio for you in my notes here. It says. Um, you're the voice of Gene Belcher in Bob's Burgers. And I thought, surely there's more on his resume than that. <laughs> but we'll accept the one-liner as a... And then I realized this is part of the Eugene Merman Comedy Festival. So that's a yes. whole thing with his name. So yes. Eugene, thanks for keeping comedy. Uh, I don't know whether life would be bearable without... The, 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 the legions of comedians you bring to bear on all of society's challenges. So Yay! thank you for that. Thank yeah. you. Thank you, Neil. <laughs> it's, it's probably safe to say we're the real heroes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> so in your book, you, you have a chapter on LGBT rights. Can you comment on uh, if science has a, anything to say about that? 
Well, okay, so first, at the very least, if the science informs us that it's not a choice, it's, you're just born that way, that tells us that condemning it as a wrong choice is itself wrong. And, and so that at least gets us a step in the right direction. If we know something about biology and embryology and hormones and so on, and, and you know, so there's this great spectrum uh, in, in uh, you know, sexual choices and preferences, and so, not choices, preferences, that's why we use that word, it's just how it is, so, or orientation, uh, then we can at least be more respectful. So, I mean, so uh, in the book I talk about the witch theory of causality. If you believe that burning women at the stake for cavorting with demons in the middle of the night as an explanation for storms and diseases and plagues, then you're either insane or you lived 500 years ago. Now, nobody burns women as witches in the West anyway. It's very rare elsewhere. And, and so we've been debunking essentially wrong ideas, mainly science. You know, that, 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 that blacks are inferior, that women can't run companies and countries. These are wrong ideas, that Jews poison the wells or cause the plague or the stab in the back in the First World War. These are all wrong ideas, and we debunk them to the point where no one even talks about it anymore. You don't even think about it. These are crazy ideas. And so... Hmm? No, I don't poison wells if that was the question. <laughs> <laughs> so, Whoopi, you... You've, you've had some LGBT activism in your day. Yes, I have. And so here is someone who has been active and can comment on the success or failure rate of these efforts. Well, th what's interesting is that what you're saying about science and what science knows and has been hesitant to say definitively, this is, what is, this is why you're wrong. Science hasn't come out and actively fought the prejudice people have. And in part, you're catching a lot of shit because when people think religion, you know, there are religious things. You know, people keep pointing to things in the Bible saying, well, it says man shall not lie with man. Well, I always tell people at my shows, have you read Isaiah? Have you read the rest of it? Because one of them is, you know, any man who has sex with an animal shall be put to death, but so shall the animal. My question, what did the animal do? <laughs> you know what I mean? Anyone who curses their parents shall be put to death. Yeah. Half the room is gone. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's so... Adultery, too. You have, yes. I mean, you have, you have this idea of what is moral and what is religiously moral and what is scientifically moral and trying to get the two to reconcile seems to be difficult because you just said, as science knows, you know, it isn't a choice. You are born this way. I was talking... <laughs> <laughs> and I explain I often get into trouble because I say, well, if you believe in the Bible, you believe in Adam and Eve. You say, well, what happened? God said, hey, Adam, what's up? Adam would say, hey, I don't know. I'm feeling some kind of way. That was the black God. <laughs> <You know. laughs> what's up, Adam? <laughs> yeah, what'd it be like? Yeah, <laughs> <right on. laughs> That's the TV black God. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. God says, what, I know what's wrong. You need some company, if you believe, okay? What is it, Adam says? God says, take a deep breath. This is going to hurt. Goes in, gets a rib, 
pulls it out, pulls it out of the man Adam and structures a female, which says to me that God, if you believe in God and you believe in the Bible, gave us a sexual duality in us. So if you believe in God, this is God-given. This is God-given. So I say this in my shows, <laughs> and people freak out. They don't, they say that's not what God did. That's not God. So I don't know how to get both ends to stand up for a community that desperately needs both your help. Mm, yeah, very important point. But, and, okay, and thank you. Just to sort of still hit that, but move it a little further. It's not only the LGBT community and you know, the woman within the man, the man within the woman. There's also lots of dialogue about um, whether contraception is immoral, especially from the Catholic Church and also abortion. Now here's what's interesting to me. I have conversations with my wife about this often. So you have um, generally the people who are anti-abortion. If you part the curtains, there's a religious foundation for their argument. But in principle, you could make a, a just a non-killing another human argument without reference to God, because thou shalt not kill is the one of the Ten Commandments that's made it into secular law. So the rest, nobody really... Well, stealing. Stealing, yeah. Sure, there you go. sure. but <laughs> graven images and stuff. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's... that's <laughs> it was very in its day, yeah. right? That was a thing. But Just to be clear, I'm currently having sex with my neighbor's wife. That's cool, legally, <laughs> That's right? right. <laughs> legally speaking, I'm fine. Frowned upon. It may be morally wrong, but you won't go to jail for it. Okay, good, 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 good. So, so, uh, so what I, what I want to understand here is there's a moral judgment placed coming from a religious community on abortion, yet one can say you are killing a living human being, whether or not it's yet sentient or, uh, uh, or viable, and you can say um, that the woman's body is her own. So all of these for her to choose. So, so all of these have arguments, some of them more religiously conceived than others. Can you now project into the future where morality will land on that spectrum? Well. <laughs> <laughs> We're about to go to the break, and Neil wants to resolve the abortion issue. <laughs> yes, in 30 seconds or less. Are you, can you invoke, are you going to invoke science to inform Well, this? you can invoke, okay, you can, you can look at the trends, which has been more and more toward the autonomy and liberty of individuals to make their own decisions. So the abortion case is a special one in this case because, you know, the fetus is a, at least a potential human, but a higher moral principle is that the women should be free to choose because of a whole host of historical reasons and that there's certain moral values that are higher than others. But you're making a moral judgment by saying uh, the, the woman has the higher moral principle. Yeah, well, so what I'm invoking is, is the historical tendency for uh, d liberal democracies to give more people more rights in more areas of life over time. And so... So that's women, the, again, we're back to the arc. The arc. So women having reproductive control over their uh, choices. 
uh, is a step in the right direction because for thousands of years, men have lorded it over women to make that choice for them, and that is a kind of slavery. It's a kind of controlling somebody else. So moving away from that. Now, I'm, uh, you know, admittedly, the abortion issue is complicated. You, know, I, you can be against abortion and pro-choice. You can say, I, I'm not going to do it, but I recognize your uh, free, freedom to choose what you want to do. Well, that's the, that's, the, that's the gay marriage issue. So if you don't like gay marriage, then just don't get gay marriage. Yeah, that's right. It's, yeah. not, <laughs> it's not a requirement. Kind of, yeah, it's not, we're not <laughs> requiring right. it of you for, <laughs> for, right. for this to be, to, to be the case. Um, Did yeah. you just kill my joke? <laughs> you just stepped all up. No, no, what, what no. I do? If you don't believe in gay marriage, don't marry a gay person. That's the joke. Oh, yeah. <gasps> That is how you should have phrased it, Neil. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> um, so, so here's here's a point to that to the, to those issues. Okay. Um, religion is clearly bringing a pre-existing um, foundation of moral judgment to these issues. Clearly. Okay. Recognizing, Father, as you've said candidly, that it can evolve as we go forward by discussion or analysis or whatever. If science, up till now, you, you've mentioned science only in the context of informing people about how they might make a decision, but at no time are you saying that the science itself is saying what is moral. Well, I am saying that, actually. You, I haven't quite gotten You haven't yet. said it like explicitly. Yeah, so my, if I yeah. ask you, if science has the power to shape morals, should it? Well, yes. Because wouldn't because that then carry in, just the way different religions carry in to this table, yeah. wouldn't that carry in maybe yeah. the biases or preconceptions of the scientific community at that time? Go back a hundred, yes, when, yes, when was the Tuskegee yes. experiment? Forties. Um, in the 1940s. 30s and with 40s. With medical doctors giving out of syphilis. the Institute, not treating syphilis when they could have, leading the men, black men to believe that they were getting medication so that they can study the progress of the disease, yet not telling them. This is a, like a moral failure of the medical community who were conducting a scientific experiment. But isn't that partially because the moral failure was not of the scientists, but of the time, because yes. they, these, peop these men right. were not seen as human that's beings. Right. That's right. But if it's already in you, why, do, why, why didn't it? become a moral decision. Well, because, again, we have our, the, the inner demons and the better angels or the sinful nature. There's that other side where, like as you put it, we can get them cheap. Well, there's plenty of people that are willing to, 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 to go along with that and rationalize it with biblical arguments or we're saving their souls for Christianity or whatever. Uh, and, but we don't think like that anymore because we've debunked this idea that they actually like being slaves. No, they don't. You're wrong about that. Boom. Now, sometimes you got to fight, you know, you got to pass the laws, fight the wars, whatever. But once you get there, what are the chances? Okay, slavery is illegal in every country in the world, all 192 countries. What are the chances that any of those countries would bring it back as a legal institution? No, no. They ha you, they, um, I, I don't even want to tell you this, but you would be shocked to find out how many countries are engaged in slavery. Well, you mean, okay. Here. So, so, so the point here is, 
there's whatever the country yeah. says, and yes. then there's yeah. what's yeah. happening. That's yes. right. Yeah, that's right. Yes. As they turn right. a blind so, eye yes. to yes, it. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. The moral right. thing. Right. So how so again, is that? You got people that eat bad people that just want to exploit people. The point is having a law first, and then enforce the law. Have a these are mostly in countries where the governments are weak or corrupt, and they can't enforce their laws. So anyway, a lot of this is. Is there a place science should just stay out of? in the moral fiber. And I might even ask the same of religion. If you have 10 different religions giving you 10 different moral interpretations of conduct, maybe none of them should be listened to and we go to a secular analysis of it. Yeah, I mean, I think there's, I think there are plenty of places. I mean, we have separation of church and state, you know, thank God in this country, there are plenty of places. No, I mean, truly. There are plenty of places where, you know, religion, uh, you know, you can bring, you are a moral person who, who, are, uh, who is uh, sort of informed by your religion, but there are plenty of times when religion does not need to be explicitly applied to a particular situation. You know, absolutely. Oh, okay. And we have also seen times when religion has been applied, you know, unjustly, you know, or immorally. But I would say, I mean, I think the LGBT case is a good one in terms of how science informs us. So this idea that which we now discard, I think most, you know, reputable psychologists and psychiatrists, uh, that, that it's a choice, right? So since people understand it as something that you are born, you know, as Lady Gaga says, born that way, right? Um, yeah. No, it's true. But she said born this way. Thank yeah. you. Well, um, <laughs> okay. Not that way, this way. Yeah. I'm 56, so yeah. <laughs> um, that, you know... You get credit it, just for quoting well, Lady Gaga at all. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> That, you know, we understand that it is not, uh, which we used to think, many people used to think, was a, a choice and therefore a moral choice, right? And so therefore the person who chose that was immoral and bad and so needed to be condemned. And so now, I mean, I think you're seeing this diminution of people, you know, who actually think that and the majority understand not only through, through their own experience with their families and people coming out, but thank God science which actually I think is going to eradicate uh, a lot of that prejudice, you know, or at least, uh, at least most of it that says that this is some sort of choice. And thank God. So, I mean, in a sense, that's where science can really inform. Uh, I think that's a great case where science can really inform and we can see it in our lifetime, a, a moral choice. Can I ask another very unfunny question? That's sort of what I do. <laughs> both, I, I feel like what both of you are saying uh, is that in terms of how morality developed, it seems like it has to do with scarcity of resources. That in order to propagate and make our species survive, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, we, to need, to we need to uh, cooperate. Um, and what you're saying, what I understand morality to originate in, the, in, in biblical writings is that it had to do with a similar thing, keeping the, keeping the tribe safe, keeping people safe, learning how to cooperate for propagation and, uh, and, and essentially harmony. Doesn't there come a point? That's not what he said, but we'll, well who, keep going. I'm yeah. not listening to what he said. I'm just saying what I, what I understand. Okay. Doesn't there come a point, if everybody is harmonious and cooperating, that doesn't then the, uh, doesn't resources become more scarce and doesn't that make us actually more likely to tip into... Uh, entropy, uh, leaning us Ooh, back into back the second law of thermodynamics. <laughs> back to the physicist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it can't, yes. isn't it too soon to say that, you know, uh, World War II was 60 years ago. That's, that's less than an eye blink. And it was, that was the most devastating war in human history, right? 
So who are we to say that in 10 years, you know, it's not going to happen again? I mean, there's a lot of people who think that, we're going that, to war with China. That, that, they got a billion people right, there. That's, that's right. going to suck. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not, <laughs> first of all, how are they going to get here? Who? The Chinese. Uh, Zeppelins. <laughs> <laughs> a billion Zeppelins. Just like people feared in okay, 1910. I, d- <laughs> I do want to make one, one, one small point. Uh, even if it turned out that being gay was a choice, it's still not okay to oppress gay people because there's a higher moral principle that you have autonomy and freedom over your body to choose whatever you want if no one else is harmed. Okay, so to that point, I'm going to add punctuation and I'm going to end this segment. Uh, If you hadn't made that point, I would have coming out of this segment because there's a point where... And if you hadn't, I would have. (laughs) 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 Um, I think this is the easiest case to say this about, but there are probably other cases for which this applies. There are times where I would declare that the science is irrelevant. I was asked this from a magazine that served the gay community. They said, what's your stand on whether science shows that it is a choice or, or, or inbred? And I said, it doesn't matter what the science says. We live in a free country, or at least we tell ourselves we live in a free country. And for me, what consenting adults do is an expression of what it means to live in a free country, no matter whether science says that that's your choice or not. So you should not be waiting around for that scientific result and then grabbing it and putting it forward if it says it's not a choice. Because if the science happened to say it is a choice, then you're going to have to reject the science and say you need it on the principles of the founding fathers of this country. So that would be a case where if it's about human freedom, it's not about the science. It's about what we choose as a secular society. But do we only live in a secular society? Say what? I said, but it, it, that would be so if we only lived in a secular society. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. I'm trying to I'm just saying. <laughs> you know. That ends our second segment of Star Talk Live! This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you, like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the US on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. Whether you're a family vacation traveler, business tripper, or long weekend adventurer, Choice Hotels has a stay for any you. 
And that's good because there are a lot of me's. Choice Hotels has over 7,400 locations and 22 brands, including Comfort Hotels, Radisson Hotels, and Cambria Hotels. Get the best value for your money when you book with Choice Hotels. Cambria Hotels feature locally inspired hotel bars with specialty cocktails and downtown locations in the center of it all. Hey, that's me. Radisson Hotels have flexible workspaces to get the most of your business travel and on-site restaurants. That's me, too. And at Comfort Hotels, you'll enjoy free hot breakfast with fresh waffles, great pools for the entire family, and spacious rooms. Hey, that's me, too. I guess I'm just going to have to stay at all of them. Choice Hotels has a stay for any you. Book direct at choicehotels.com, where travel comes true. At the UPS Store, we know things can get busy this upcoming holiday. You can count on us to be open and ready to help with any packing and shipping or anything else you might need. Is there anything you can't do? Um, actually, I don't have a good singing voice. <clears throat> the UPS... Nope. But our certified packing experts can pack and ship just about anything. At least that's good. The UPS Store. Be unstoppable. Most locations are independently owned. Product services, pricing, and hours of operation may vary. See center for details. Come in today to get your holiday goodies there on time. Welcome back. Star Talk Live. King Center, Brooklyn. Yeah. Woo. We're going to try to uh, see if we can... Uh, expand the moral sphere of this. And uh, so let me ask you, uh, Father, would you say that religion on the whole has um, helped, hindered, or been neutral to this arc of moral progress that, that Michael talks about? Well, I would say, and this is going to sound very Jesuitical, um, but... That's um, a word. That is a word. Jesuitical. <laughs> it is cool, a I word. like it. <laughs> I'm using it tomorrow. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but it depends. Do you mean the way that uh, people have actually lived religion, or do you mean actual religion? I mean, that's like that Gandhi quote about, right, I, I'd love to meet a Christian one day. Um, I, think people who, I think people who really live religious lives, you know, someone like Francis of Assisi or say in our day, someone like Pope Francis, you know, does uh, change the world for the good. But there are other people who have used religion, uh, you know, just as evilly. Uh, in general, I would say that uh, religion has been a moderating influence on some of our, our worst tendencies, our selfish tendencies, the golden rule, for example. But I would also say that, you know, religion has been used to subjugate people and religious wars in particular, uh, you know, religion versus religion has actually led to, you know, great suffering. I mean, for example, you know, the, 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 the foundations of a lot of anti-Semitism in, in Europe, you know, which led to the Holocaust were religiously based, right? And so it's a very complex question. Um, and, and once again, it depends what you mean by religion and, and who you're talking about and how they live out their religion. So uh, is there some sort of moral place you can see us heading towards? Again, I'm on this arc concept here. Uh, in 10 years, something going on now that you say religion will be a good force in that, and in 10 years that'll, all, that'll be oh, better. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I, mean, I know I'm, I'm you know, a little biased, but I think that, to be very specific, I think that Pope Francis's shift uh, to a church that is more focused on mercy and compassion. I mean, that is his constant theme, right? And he As has, opposed to blame and judgment. Well, yeah, and he has said specifically, uh, 
I think that we have been talking too much about sexual morality, right? And I think in a sense, you know, everybody knows what, you know, that the church teaches. And so I want to bring us back to the, the basics, which is more mercy, compassion, and desire for uh, justice for the poor. And I think, uh, you know, that, that if people actually put that into action, you know, we'll be a lot better off. And he's not afraid to, to shake things up. The question is, again, and, and to your point, and I know it, you know, you've raised this a couple of times. The question is, do we accept that or not? I mean, do, do we as, as individuals accept, you know, that migrants and refugees have as much place, uh, you know, as anyone on the stage does, right? I mean, they're individuals who are, who are desirous of something good. Or do we individually and as a community and as a nation reject that, right? So, I mean, that, that's, the, that's the difficult thing because we are sinful and selfish and we have to work against those things. Do you agree with, I mean, I can't see how you do, but Father, do you agree that the higher moral principle in the abortion debate is that women have autonomy versus uh, an un, uh, a, a, an un, a fetus? I mean, that is a very you know. I, I, I thought we left abortion. Well, but it's it, but 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 look, okay. it's going to get this is going to get cut out anyway. But <laughs> yeah, you're both you're both moral authorities. You from a scientific point of view. You from a religious point of view. I assume you both feel like you can claim the higher moral principle from your point of view. So. How does a layman like me go, yeah, he's right or he's right? Or in Whoopi's case, well, she's right. But I, right. Think, I think that's where your conscience comes in. I mean, it's not simply, oh, no, no, I know conscience. that old thing. Uh, well, you know, it's not, well, it's not simply, I mean, well, in a sense, you know, it's not simply sort of an, an imposition of rules from the outside. It's also your own conscience. I mean, you know, one of the great things about the, the church that people, I think, forget about is, is this, this idea of the primacy of your conscience. You know, where. As, as one church document says, you know, God's voice resounds in you, right? And so, so there's that too. And it's, I mean, because we don't, and this is one of the things that Pope Francis is trying to remind us of, you know, life is not about black and white laws, right? Uh, there are black and white laws in, in some cases, yes or no laws. But in most cases, you know, our lives are very gray. And so it's a, it's a development of the conscience and a development for the Christian I mean, I'm sorry to focus on Christianity so much, on Jesus and an encounter with Jesus and seeing and noticing what he does and how he treats people. And so one, one, one moves from that. The, the degree to which you agree with Pope Francis may certainly be genuine, but we should be reminded that he is your boss. <laughs> yes, he is. That's right. You want to be right. clear about that. That's right. Um, uh, let me go back in time. Uh, Darwinian evolution was used by anthropologists. Can, 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 I, can I just get a, a response to, to that? <laughs> well, because uh, I have a few comments to make on, on religion, um, and I'm reminded of Winston Churchill's comment about Americans. You can always count on Americans to do the right thing after they've tried everything else. And, and re- religion I thought is it was do the right thing eventually. <laughs> Eventually, one of those, yeah. Okay, uh, that uh, was that uh, was Spike Lee. And, and you can't <laughs> and, and oh, do the right thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, right. religions do come around slowly, and so uh, w- when the father talks about it, con- we change our conscious, it's religions almost always lag behind by a decade or so or two from the culture that's already making the shift. Just think about interracial marriage. Remember when that was a thing? Yeah, me neither. In 1967, it was illegal in the United States. It was illegal. And now it's not. No one even talks about it anymore. In, in, in 1959, a poll showed that 96% of Americans were against interracial marriage. Now they don't even ask the question anymore. Oh, no, they do. Religions opposed... Oh, they do? Okay. Well, religions opposed 
interracial marriage. Now they don't. What happened? The culture shifted, and, and so the wave is like this, and religion is kind of coming up behind the wave, the, the surfer that catches it after it's already broke. That's my metaphor. He lives in a surfing community now. Yeah, that's yeah. yeah so, whoopee, whoop. so is it, is it, are we actually talking about morality, or are we actually talking about empathy? Well, because I think, they're, I think they're, they go together. No, I, I'm not, I don't know if they do. That's why I'm asking. Because I think when you ask the question in 10 years, I think depending on how you educate your children, I grew up with Trick or Treat for UNICEF. And because I grew up with Trick or Treat for UNICEF and the chocolate bars that we sold, uh, we were told this was helping children like us around the world. You were selling chocolate bars to other children on Halloween? That's immoral. No, no, no. That's immoral. But when I was a kid, I went to Catholic school. And so we would have these drives to raise money for the school and also to raise money for other communities. And you bring home these few pennies and that was your bit. And you, well, you know, if you did it for Halloween, you got a lot of money, you got those pennies. But see, people don't give pennies anymore. But we felt we were, we had some hand in making the world better. And so I, I don't know if we thought of it as being moral. We just thought of it as doing the right thing to help the world. So do we actually just sort of whittle this down to empathy? Well, that's a great question. Let me broaden it by asking, about, do you teach this in schools? Can you teach morality in schools, even if it's this little exercise of, of, a, of a UNICEF collection? I think it starts with parents, siblings, peers, and so on. It gets inculcated in culture. Most of the kinds of shifts we've been talking about have come from the, more from the bottom up than the top down. Yes, you do need the laws passed. Sometimes you need the military to go in. But most of the time, it's just our language changes. If you look at literature from the 30s versus the 50s versus the 90s and so on, comic books, films, novels, all of it shifts. The, the words you use, the way you describe characters and all that. Uh, j just that moment when Ellen says on that show, you know, into the microphone, I I'm gay or whatever word she said. Well, that was a big step. Now, you know, 10 years later, Seinfeld makes a joke about, you know, not that there's anything wrong with it. And now we laugh about it. And now it's just kind of commonplace, you know, gay, whatever, dude, who cares? And that's how it kind of just slow. It, it happens slow enough you don't really notice it. And the other problem is the media only covers the bad stuff. So for every act of violence, school shootings you see on... Uh, on TV, there, there's 10,000 acts of kindness every day that go unreported. Uh, so, so going forward, should the religious leaders, the religious community, work with scientists to shape, to, to shape this moral arc? And it's one thing to say religion has lagged a decade behind or more, but religion has huge influence in the Western world, especially in the United States. So it's not something that should be discounted in its role in shaping society. So are there, is there your, you or your counterparts reaching out? I know Carl Sagan did. Carl Sagan would have meetings with religious leaders just to talk about saving the world and how can that best be accomplished. So uh, I have to presume, Father, that your, your very presence on the stage is a step in that direction to reach for scientists to find out what we're thinking and how and why. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that book was almost to, called Who Cares, You're you. Gay Dude. Are, are, are you suggesting, might there be a future 
of collaboration with what scientists, th uh, philosophers are thinking? Well, yeah, I would think, religion. I mean, there already is. I mean, in most uh, sort of forward-thinking churches, and there is there's no fear, and there should be no fear of science. Well, I mean, they're, they're both geared towards the truth, basically, and sort of unearthing the truth and helping us understand things better and understand the world better. And, so and in the latest encyclical, uh, the, the Holy Father uh, spoke at length about climate change. Oh, of course, right. And you know, it's interesting. Well, not he, of course. Did you say well, like that? Oh, no, I know. <laughs> okay. Why, of course, for him. For, I of mean, course, for him, but he, not you know, for he, religious leaders. He is also politicians to talk about He it. is also a scientist. He was a chemist, uh, you know, as a Jesuit. He studied chemistry and taught chemistry. Yes, hooray for chemists. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, and, and I think, I think this is, I think this, uh, the encyclical Laudato Si, which talks about climate change and the economy and the, and the, the connection between the effects of the disproportionate effects of climate change on the poor. I mean, he links those things. He uses not only, you know, science qua science, but economics, right, in terms of helping us understand the world. So there, I think that's a really great example of a way that uh, the, the church or a church can use things like science, uh, climate change, economics to help us understand what is, I think, at heart, uh, a moral document. It was funny. I was uh, on this panel with uh, uh, Cardinal Turkson, um, who was... Uh, uh, Cardinal from Ghana, and he was the one in charge of the uh, encyclical, Laudato Si. And he said, you know what? He said, this is not a, an encyclical about uh, the climate. It is, a, it is a social encyclical. It is about encyclical about society, right, and about our culture. And so you're, that's a great example of how those two things can be uh, brought together. And we have nothing to fear from that, nor should we. I mean, there's some people who do, but we shouldn't. I think at least once a week, I ask myself, because as I see that the the landscape shifting under our feet, particularly if you're old fogies, you say, oh, those young whippersnappers, they, you know, I, I don't want to be own. that guy. <laughs> so I'm trying to stay with it as things shift and my kids are keeping me in touch. Uh, so I ask myself, I, I pose to my kids, I say, what do you think you're doing today where your kids will say, mommy, daddy, you are so out of it. And I, so I came up with one. I think I came up with one. I would say, uh, there's at least a dozen or more sports in the Olympics that should not be segregated by gender. Like archery and shooting and badminton. And uh, so, but they are still segregated. I think there's a day when all these attentions will be focused on competitive sports. Even, and, even and why women's tennis? Why, why, why don't they play the same number of sets as men? They're just as fit. They can last just as long. It's just so right. ridiculous. Right. I've forgotten about that. Right. They play a, a three, three sets three. instead of five. Right. Right, right. So there are things like that that no one is focusing on yet, but it is a difference in that case between men and women built into, baked into society on a level that we're not even recognizing because maybe there are too many other more important things we've got that are distracting us. But, you know, you can see, I think that's a great example. You can see the shift in how we look at football right now in terms of the brain injuries, right, and, and what that does to, to people who play. And maybe in a couple of years we'll say, how could we have ever allowed people to play in that particular way, football, if it was hurting their brains? And was that a form of exploitation of those people, particularly those young men? Right. So, I, yeah, I agree. That, and, and I think we have to start thinking about that, those things now. At the UPS Store, we know things can get busy this upcoming holiday. You can count on us to be open and ready to help with any packing and shipping or anything else you might need. Is there anything you can't do? Um, actually, I don't have a good singing voice. <clears throat> the UPS... Nope. But our certified packing experts can pack and ship just about anything. 
At least that's good. The UPS Store. Be unstoppable. Most locations are independently owned. Product, services, pricing, and hours of operation may vary. See center for details. Come in today to get your holiday goodies there on time. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispie. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. Father, if we uh, create uh, a sentient robot, is it immoral to kill it? Oh my gosh. <laughs> okay, that's the, next, that's the next papal encyclical, I guess, right? Is that? Wow. Uh, can we talk about the eclipse instead? No. Um, <laughs> well, yes. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Da- data is a person. Personhood is what we're talking. Sentience leads to personhood, which leads to rights. It's murder. Absolutely. So who will judge that it's sentient? I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. If, if, if I pulled you from 50 years ago, from 20 years ago, and I just had you have a conversation with Siri, you would say that my device was sentient. And if I took a sledgehammer to it, you would then object. Yet I don't no one know. Today is thinking sent- a Siri. That, that, that's right. We have a little ways to go before this happens. So now's the time to be thinking about how should the law deal with that. Same with animals, you know, higher primates and so on. You know, the uh, higher the, your value judging them. The, 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 well, the criteria. The criteria. Say yes, and yes. you value judged it. Yes. yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. It's yes. not higher or lower. They're all around today, evolved yes. from the beginning of the family tree. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Yes. But I eat plants <laughs> <laughs> and some meat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> but not much. Like what? Like uh, just like dumb ducks. <laughs> so, so the, uh, a subset of the vegetarian community sees eating a- animals as immoral, not just something for health or environment or or whatever. Uh, do you see that as no? Coming? Yeah, and I, I've, as you were talking, I was thinking I can imagine. I don't know, but I can imagine in fifty years, people looking back and saying, "I cannot believe people ate." those animals. I cannot believe they killed them and raised them. You know, if we, yeah, I mean, I can see that. Um, I, I'm, I'm not a vegetarian, but I can totally understand how someone could feel that, and I could understand in 50 years how that becomes law. Well, let's, let's not predict something You'll so horrible. So <laughs> Why am I going to be dead? <laughs> you, don't, you don't know me. <laughs> I could live to be 120. <laughs> yeah, that's the plan. There is that generation who will be born where they will never die because they will always be available for the next thing that will prolong life. Yes. Isn't yeah. that immoral? To no. live forever? Uh-huh. If, you're, if you're living on a planet with limited resources? Isn't no, that no, you, you explore outer space. Yes. Oh, there you go. Yeah. resources are unlimited. <laughs> L- let me ask each of you, just for some uh, parting thoughts, we'll wrap this up. Why don't we end on, on, on the father? Let's, let's start. Really? You don't think that? <laughs> I mean, he'll be something about, like, love it up, lovers. <laughs> but then I'll be, like, in here as I've studied over the generations. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, Eugene, what, what do you have for us? Just 
Give me some summative thoughts. You can even um, reflect on what might, uh, what would morality look like in a hundred years? So is this Jerry's final moment? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. What will morality look like in a hundred years? There will be, I think, unless we destroy ourselves. Uh, Are you optimistic? The, say it again. Are you optimistic? I am. I think that it will be largely better. I do think that overall uh, things get better and better. I, I think that football will either be significantly more violent or gone. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's okay. basically it. But I think overall, yeah, I think it'll, it'll be better. Hopefully they'll, people still eat fish. Jesus, come on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean it. Anyway. And he did. <laughs> Michael. Well, uh, I've rarely been as uh, frustrated in a converse conversation as I have been in this one. I think they're both full of shit. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 think, I think everything that you're saying is, is great and, and, and scientifically based, and I think everything you're saying is great. Uh, and I think that one nuclear bomb uh, or one crazy person obviates all of it, and it doesn't matter uh, what, you're, what you're saying. That's just the, the power in the hands of those who are immoral. Yeah, but I also think Renders that... Renders moot the statements of morality. Of who, who are, yeah. Nothing inevitable about this. Well, I didn't call on you yet. Oh. Okay. All right, so, <laughs> all right, so, so, you, you, so you're not optimistic about it's the It's not that I'm not optimistic, but I don't think... I don't, I don't feel like uh, we've come any closer to solving the question of morality in this conversation. But, you know, I was mostly thinking about jokes the whole time. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> So Agreed. Other Michael. <laughs> it, it, it's not other Michael. It's, it's not inevitable. The whole thing could go south. Absolutely. Go but, south. But, that's but, a value judgment. It, but, but of, all, of the more, all the more reason that, that to keep to keep working. You pass on moral judgment on the south oh. in that <laughs> sentence. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Things could go north really fast. <laughs> <laughs> we end up in Canada because of global warming. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Then we, they're going to build that wall and make us pay for it anyway. So. Um, the Canadians building the wall, <laughs> making us pay for it. You know, it's three that. steps forward, two steps back. You know, we have to keep chipping away at it and, and, and working at it. Um, and so, and, and in part, science and technology is part of the solution. Synthetic meat, we are getting there. Within a few decades, you, you, we won't need factory farms anymore. You can just grow it and, 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 and make it a profitable thing for companies, and we'll have burgers and steaks that are just as marbled and tasty, and oh, boy. But isn't there also the argument that cows... I didn't ask you. I know, but the cows <laughs> will go extinct if we do that. The what? The cows will go extinct if we do that or close um, well. Unless you can make cows your pets. That's, that's, the only place you'll find cows is in India. Yeah. Right, so isn't that... It's likely. Yeah, so. The cow only exists for that purpose. They still use them for milk, I guess. Yeah. yeah. So one... Butter. Uh, yeah, and butter, yeah. yeah. Milk, butter, cheese, all milk products. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. So technology. And then I agree, uh, Neil, I think in the last chapter of The Moral Arc, I speculated on be us becoming a multi-planetary space-faring civilization in which there's no more nation states either. Nation states is, is a temporary stage in human history. Cities are the oldest structures we have, the oldest collective uh, you know, organizations we have. There are cities that are thousands of years old. There are no nations that are thousands of years old. The borders change. These will come and go. Once you just open the borders up and let people do whatever they want to do, then there'll be more freedom and autonomy, and, and this will reduce the chances of nuclear war and things like that. So I'm optimistic. Optimistic, okay. Uh, and just one note, uh, in Martin Luther King's I Have a Dream speech, there's a very significant moment where he speaks of the moral arc bending towards... Righteousness. So. Justice, yes. Uh, justice, yeah, yes. moral arc yeah. bends towards justice. Uh, whoops. Yeah. 
What you got for us? I know you got something, don't you? I don't know what I got for you. You know, I, I, I think that it's, it is incumbent upon us all as individuals to decide who we are morally. Whether, you, whether it's inbred in you or, you know, these are, these are things that come to you because of your experiences, what you learn, what you know, who's taught you, what you believe, what you've come to believe. And I think that those are important things. And you can put it in science and you can put it in God and whatever it is, it's still your, it's still you. You have to decide morally what and who you're going to be and you know you can blame it on god or blame it on science but when it comes down to it it's it's your choice i think but that's just me <laughs> i smoke too much weed <laughs> the jesuit james what do you have for us uh I smoke just as much, probably. I know. I, <laughs> <laughs> I know. That's why I they did. put us together. Uh, not recently, though. No, I mean, I would agree. You know, I would, I would uh, agree with that and say, uh, you know, it's up to the individual. I would also say it's up to us as a community. And so in terms of where we're going, I, I'll, I'll try not on a positive note, but I think that the last two years have made me not optimistic. Uh, the last two years, I think that at least in the United States that uh, we've gotten angrier and more divided and more coarsened. And I think you could make the argument worldwide too, in general. Uh, but I would say that I'm, as a Christian, I'm hopeful. Uh, but it really, it, it's, it's up to us. I mean, it, it, is, it is a choice. I mean, it, and it is a moral choice uh, whether or not we're going to um, you know, be generous or not. So I'm, I'm an opti not optimistic, but I remain hopeful. Ah. Uh, so... Let me, I'd like to offer us just some, I, I'm an astrophysicist, so that's the lens through which I view the world, for better or for worse. Uh, a, a bit of this that we lost a little bit track of from the beginning was the sense of cooperation and how morality feeds into the survival of a community. And not only the survival, but whether or not it thrives. And so uh, when I think of the reasons people have fought wars. Uh, many of them, if not most, have been access to limited resources. Many other wars fought on the premise of one religion versus another. When you part the curtains, again, it's access to resources, either natural resources or land itself. So when I think of space, space, in fact, has unlimited resources. There are ingredients on Earth called rare Earth elements. It's an entire row of the periodic table that are fundamental to modern uh, electronics. And uh, most of those are in China. And so that's kind of interesting. So that's a limited resources. By the way, there are asteroids that are primarily made of metal that have an abundance of rare Earth elements. An abundance of iridium, platinum, gold, silver, copper. So in the future, let's go 100 years, 1,000 years into the future, it's possible that we can remove war over limited resources. We can remove that incentive entirely. 
if we have access to the unlimited resources of space. Not only mineral resources, but energy resources. Wars have been fought over energy. And so when I see this, I add to this fact that the Hubble telescope, the most productive scientific instrument there ever was, responsible for 20,000 research papers with collaborators in every country in which you find an astrophysicist. Wait, what word did I use? Collaborators. Do you know the International Space Station is the greatest collaboration of nations outside of the waging of war that there ever was. The Olympics and the World Cup are a distant second and third to that. The scientific community, and especially astrophysicists, because our targets of interest are up there, and up there is not divided by national boundary or religion or by who's in charge. Up there is space, and it's over everybody's head. And so when we study the universe, I'll pull out a telescope, I look here, somebody in another country also looks at that object, and we compare notes. We are scientific colleagues. We publish papers together. It may be that the future of morality is rolled up in what it takes to get along. And what I know firsthand is that when you do science, you get along. You get along because the object of your affection sits outside of ourselves. It's a higher purpose, a higher goal to understand the nature of this universe in which we live. So I foresee in the centuries to come, if space becomes accessible to us, I see a time where we will only know peace and look back at a time when people killed one another because of our differences, and we said, my gosh, how could that have ever happened? Because today, we celebrate one another because of our differences. And that is a cosmic perspective coming to you from StarTalk. Join me in thanking Father James Martin, Whoopi Goldberg, Michael Shermer, Michael Ian Black, Eugene Merman, the Eugene Merman Comedy Festival. This has been StarTalk. We have been live at the King's Theater in Brooklyn, and you've been an amazing audience. Thank you all, and good night. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.